0: (laughs) Hey, everybody.
1: This is Equal Time Soccer. We're live, and we are lucky to have uh, the crew from Minnesota Women's Soccer Team, recently announced head coach and assistant coach squad, Um, and we're excited also to be bolstering our coverage of lower division women's soccer. Um, I'm joined here with Liz Schendel, and I want Liz to introduce herself. She's going to be joining me to cover lower division women's league in the WPSL and W League this summer. uh, Welcome, Liz.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to join Equal Time. I know I've been following you for a hot minute, um, but as for me, my name is Liz. I live in Sacramento, so I don't live in Minnesota, but obviously I'm really super aware of your soccer culture and community. I'm really excited to kind of get to know everyone more personally um and yeah i'm the director of women's soccer content for protagonist soccer which um there's a lot of like crossover between the two of us um and i also create content for california storm here in sacramento um it's a wpsl team so of course really aware of that league um and of course like i think most of the women's soccer community in the US and abroad too, I think eight countries. Um, I've been following along with uh, Minnesota WOSO. um, So yeah, I'm really excited to get to talk to everyone on this call today.
1: Yeah. And this is is something we've learned how to do at equal time is to bring in some pros to help with real perspective. So Liz works for a really (laughs) successful team in California that has a lot of uh, powerful women, uh, a part of its history. So excited to get to talk about the game with Liz Um, and excited to have you coaches here. It was announced just yesterday that you are the inaugural coaching staff for this team, a really exciting team. And just for each of you, uh, we can start with Jen, uh, with um, or with we'll start with Nicole. Just talk about how you first heard about the team and what your reaction was as you kind of learned more, got, and actually got connected to the process.
2: Yeah, sure. So I was actually down in Lacrosse when I first Lacrosse, Wisconsin heard about the team. Um, was super pumped, especially knowing that I was going to be moving to the area soon. And then, you know, I just started following the team on social media. The Minnesota Women's Soccer Group has done a really nice job of telling the story as they've been building the club. So just like everybody else, probably following the team, getting more and more excited as we've gotten closer to this point. Mm
1: -hmm. Jen and Jenny, how about you? Go
3: go. For it, Denise. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think it was kind of similar to Nicole. I kind of had started to hear a little bit here and there. Obviously I've lived in, I lived in Minnesota, so, um, and pretty um, involved in the soccer, soccer world here. So when I started hearing about having um, a team like this coming into the area, it was super interesting. And they did a really good job of um, getting news coverage and um, people involved into it that I didn't even know would enjoy soccer. So that was really fun. I was talking to a bunch of people not even involved in the world. Um, So I was really excited that something like this was coming into the area just because I think that, especially for women, women's soccer, it's such a a hotbed for it. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to be great to have these youth players, having more people to be looking up to and, and continuing to grow that. So I was following along with that. Um, then I went down to Dixie, uh, state, which is in St. George, Utah, um, and coached at a D1 school down there. And then I was moving back up to Minnesota. So, um, kind of wanted to get involved with the team and, uh, luckily was able to be on the coaching staff, which was really awesome. Sorry.
4: um yeah, yeah no for me um i i was actually at the like the like v- historic original crew meeting um matt and wes pulled some group friends together and we're like we have this idea so um so yeah it was really cool to hear their initial idea and obviously think highly of them as people and was was busy coaching at the time. So it was sort of like, you know, I can maybe pitch in with a few ideas here and there, but don't have a lot of capacity to to be a, a big um, person in planning um, and, and putting all this together. So I stayed in touch sort of peripherally. And it was really impressive to see all of their big ideas from that first meeting sort of come to fruition. And when, when they posted the coaching position, I was like, oh, actually, I think like where, with where my where my career is at with, with what I have going on in my coaching world, I would like to apply for that. So, so yeah, when the, when the first meeting came about, I was like, this is a really cool idea. I wasn't like, oh, I'd like to, to be involved with the coaching, but just sort of as it panned out, um, yeah, it felt like it was a good fit and was excited to be a part of the process.
0: Nice. Um, so, Nicole, you've been working with youth players and college players uh, for years now. And I know that's um, working with grassroots and youth. That's before the call. That's where you said you got your sweater from. But this is a new opportunity in a pre professional environment, uh, lots of new challenges. So, how was your experience in coaching? How has it built you to this new role? Um, You know, how has it prepared you for this team? And what are you most excited for? Oh, no. You're muted. Oh, yeah. Wait, Nicole, you're muted. Thank sure you. Yeah, no, my dog is
2: trying to get in the, uh, the door, and get in the shoot, which is 150 pounds. and would take up the whole screen. But um, back to your question, I've had I've had a really unique background. I've been fortunate to play a lot of different roles in youth clubs and in the college game um, as a player and as a coach. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's a bunch of different things, really. I've been able to build a lot of different programs, which, you know, I'm excited to go down this path with Jen and Jenny, because that's, you know, what we're going to be doing is building a, a team from scratch um, with a lot of support from the founding members. And of course, all of the community owners who have already been doing a fantastic job of, you know, giving their feedback along the way. So I think it's a lot of different things. Um, but I think, you know, maybe Jen, Jenny and I can relate the most to back when we were playing and how we all probably wish there was a team just like this for us to play on. Um, and there really wasn't. So I think just being passionate a bit about providing that experience for the players um, and really creating that environment that makes them want to come back, treating it like a professional team. All the players, uh, the players won't have to pay to be on the team, which is really different um, in this environment. So we're excited about that. We're going to definitely make it as unique, as professional as possible, and prepare players for the next level.
0: Awesome.
1: Do you want to
0: follow up, Liz, on that next question? No, you're fine. Yeah, um, so... I know just to kind of add, like I, I work for CalStorm in Sacramento and um, you spoke about making it a professional environment. And um, I personally, um, that's something that we value as well, um, surrounding the team with sponsorships and making sure they don't have to pay for anything, finding them, um, you know, personal trainers and a training gym for them to um, kind of work on non-skill related things, Um And I really value that that's something that, you know, you were already putting on the board and saying that this is something we want to work towards. Um, And I appreciate that because you're setting the standard. Um, I don't know if you realize that, but you're setting the standard for um, every other WPSL, UWS, W League team um, in the country. And just want to make sure you know that that's really cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. So and. Uh, Jenny Clark, I wanted to ask you. So, that we wanted to ask you about Dixie State, which is now going to be called Utah Tech. So, mm-hmm. um, but after playing in Germany, you were there a couple of years in the Bundesliga for a couple of different clubs. Um, this was your first, I would say, you know, it's like where you really transitioned your career and where, mm-hmm. and it's a long time too to be an assistant. I mean, people, people moved to program, So, you clearly like set down some roots in Utah. What was the soccer like in Utah? Like, what was that community like in terms of being different than? In Minnesota and kind of how did that, how did that help you transition to this point to, to be on this team?
3: Yeah. Um, it was a really, um, I mean, like you mentioned, I've lived in other places before, so it wasn't like a huge change for me to go move someplace else and, and kind of experience what it's like there. Um, I thought it was, uh, uh, the Utah environment with soccer is actually really great. Um, there's a lot of really, really talented players. I mean, I don't know if anybody watched the, the, the finals ncaa finals byu is in there um and most of those players are from utah and a lot of the i mean there's seven d1 schools within utah so it was really really a competitive space um the school went from d2 to d1 um so that was kind of a fun experience to be able to go through that transition with it um molly rouse who was the head coach um who i was lucky enough to to work with and she was um her and I actually played college soccer together. So a lot of our um, uh, values as, as soccer players and what we wanted to bring to the team were very similar. So it was a really great experience for me to um, transition to coaching, um, being less of a player and more of a coach and being able to analyze the game in a, in a different way was, was really important for me. And to have somebody like her um, be kind of a mentor through that and knowing that we worked really well together We're able to problem solve together and talk through things together was was really great. And I think that that's what's so exciting about coming into this staff. Um, I don't uh, Nicole and I don't know each other super well yet, but I think that we have gotten along and we've had like similar backgrounds and we've talked about soccer. And I think that we were pretty even on that. And me and Jen have been friends for a while. And so I'm really excited about like the collaboration that this coaching staff is going to be able to have um, going forward and k- to help continue grow, um, myself to grow as a coach as well. So,
0: um, Jen, so you played at both the university of Florida and the university of Minnesota, um, probably, uh, night and day, uh, as for their programs, uh, what did each of these schools have to offer? Um, what did they have on each other besides the weather? Um, kind of, you know, tell us about that background
4: yeah yeah both great programs um night and day weather was the the first question Steph asked me when I talked to her on the phone was like are you sure you want to move to Minnesota um but I did I did I had a great experience um I think yeah both were were very I mean to your point earlier professional experiences um really well cared for in terms of training staff strength and conditioning staff coaching staff at academic support um really any support facilities we needed, we had access to. So really enjoy those experiences. I think both were high level in their own ways. Um, I really enjoyed the, the teammates team culture at Minnesota. The academic fit at Minnesota was really good for me at Florida, um, you know, Becky does a great job of supporting players who want to become coaches. So she like paid for my first ever United Soccer Coaches coaching course. I did it in Tampa on spring break. So that was really fantastic. So I think just got different nuggets of wisdom from both sets of coaching staffs, got different experiences of like, oh, how can I feel supported as a player from different, um, from, from each program, different different athletic departments, that kind of thing. Uh, so, so yeah, both experiences were really good in their own way and helped me grow as a player. But I think also as a, as a future coach, and just knowing at the time that I wanted to go into coaching, I was able to sort of look at it through that lens as well at the time.
1: Nice. Um, I want to ask. So speaking of college careers and and I guess all of your soccer careers, too, I mean, we might have to ask you about, you know, if you're actually retired yet later. But what I'm curious about, because we're we're talking about player development and we're really excited about those skills you bring, but we also kind of like Glory Day stories. And so I want to know, like when you think back, so you're thinking about like these women getting a chance on this team you know, you're kind of thinking of when you were then, you're like, man, if I had that chance in between my sophomore year, when you think back about your memories from playing, like what stands out the most? Is it, you know, is it, is it goals you scored or a game um, or just, you know, a funny road trip? Like what, what are the stories that come back to you most from playing?
2: I can go first. Um, I have a lot, I have a lot on the field. I just, And training. I personally, I love training as a player. Um, I don't think many people do, but I did. Um, So just really being able to compete every day. That's probably what I miss most about playing, but definitely the long bus trips um, and just kind of acting like an idiot with your friends on the bus. Um, And then yeah, I would say home games definitely. The UW Milwaukee campus provides a really good atmosphere for games, so those that would be mine.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, and I, I, th- I, I hold relationships really dearly, and I think that um, most of my best experiences have been um, the relationships that I've made with a lot of the players that I played with. Um, I have friends all over the world um, that I that I know through soccer and I, I can really count on. So that's the big, those are the big things because I'm still like, even now, al- most of the alumni, we're all, I mean, those are my best friends. So we all just keep up and have funny jokes together of the stuff that we would do and whatever. But mostly college wise, my biggest memory was um, when we, well, we were co-champions for the for uh, the Big Ten tournament, but it was in Iowa, which I'm from Iowa. It was in Iowa, and it was on my birthday, so it was kind of a cool. Nice. That was kind of an awesome, <laughs> like, yeah, nice. win on that one. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think I think mostly for mine are the biggest ones are the relationships that I've made all around the world and uh, the stuff that we've done that I'm probably not going to talk about. But
0: yeah, really great.
4: Yeah, I I'd, I'd say the relationships were really meaningful to me too. I think <clears throat> I yeah I took a fifth year and so like sort of became a, a older. I think even some of my teammates like called me grandma, but I I took it like really personally to like welcome the first years in a big way. Um, so yeah, those relationships were meaningful to me, but just other like goofy, funny things like. My senior year, I think I like went all year making every PK I took in training and like that was important to me, you know, like just <laughs> funny stuff like that. Um at Florida we had some like crazy difficult workouts. Like we would run up at the football stadium and one day we had to hold like 30 pound chains over our head as we ran and just like I'm proud that like at some point in my life I did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, and then I think like like Jenny says, like people you who you know will just like show up for you. Like there's some teammates that I was really close with at the time. And like our lives have gone different paths. They do different careers. But like, I know if I called them tomorrow, they would do whatever I, if I was like, I need help with something, they'd show up or, um, you know, I tore my ACL my second to last year. And like my roommate, like shout out to Olivia Schultz, like sort of took me under her wing and I had Thanksgiving with her family and and her younger sister just tore her ACL. So we were like crutching together through the mall <laughs> um, to go Black Friday shopping together. So just some really good just people who you did life with, you know? Uh, so those things are really meaningful. That's awesome. Right?
1: That's why you're all such good coaches, because none mm-hmm. of you said a big goal I scored, or you just said team answers. So I guess, yeah, you're not interviewing anymore. You can tell us about the bicycle kick you scored if you want to.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you if i score a bicycle kick in my adult sports league on Sunday.
1: It's a CSC action. It's <laughs> a video exclusive. We want it.
0: I know um, I played for a league a couple of years ago, um, an adult league here in Sacramento. And um, the rules were no uh, slide tackling and no bicycle kicks. So very particular yeah. kind of run the fun. Um, did anyone have any, this is for everyone. Did anyone have any superstitions? Um, and then of course, do you still hold them to this day as coaches?
2: Hmm. I always put my left cleat on first, but I don't really lace up too much anymore. So that one's gone for sure.
4: Uh, Jen, did you I, I wasn't super I wasn't super superstitious. Every year like as a kid, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil my birthday wishes now, but like every year as like a young kid, I'd be like, I wish I'd become a professional soccer player. Um so maybe I was a little superstitious about my birthday wishes, but those didn't pan out, obviously. <laughs>
1: Why yeah. not try and make most of those wishes, though? Why yeah. not try and strategize?
3: You have to really utilize
1: those key wishes.
3: I don't know if I had, like, a consistent one. But if I were was playing well and I would wear, like, certain things, like jewelry or whatever, I would be wearing that same jewelry, every, like, going to every game. But mm-hmm. then if I didn't have a good game, uh, wash it out. <laughs> it's done. Mm-hmm.
1: It's <laughs>
3: so I think it's kind of similar when I'm coaching. It's like, ah. Uh-huh. it works this is it this yeah. is the one but you know when it's done it's like all right on
1: to the next yeah.
3: so I, super, super, I guess there's no cool one
1: yeah superstitious habits are kind of like it's like a gambling habit like when it's working then it's then you have habit <laughs> yeah otherwise you're like no it's not yeah i
3: don't know <laughs> really not i it's not, no. I think it's not.
1: Um, So, Nicole, I'm going to ask you, too. I mean, so you are we're of course, we're proud uh, to talk about Minnesota women's soccer. We got a couple of Gopher alums. You went to a college really close by. It's a favorable campus of the University of Wisconsin. It's Milwaukee. You know, we aren't we aren't so threatened by UW-Milwaukee. But your their team was on fire this year. They were. And so thanks to supporters who support equal time. Part of the expanded coverage this fall was to cover like all the Minnesotans playing at different D1 programs. Milwaukee had a few Minnesotans, and they were like fifth in the country in scoring. So I'm just wondering if you got to watch them and see them make their run into the tournament this year.
2: You broke up a little bit at the end, but I I think you got got to watch them. them, The Panthers?
1: Yeah, did you get to watch them this year at all or when they made their run in the tournament?
2: I watched them a little bit. I had a lot of uh, coaching conflicts when they were playing, but um, yeah, they were awesome. They were crushing records. They've got the new fastest goal record. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really killed it. They, they did a great job against Virginia in their final match. Um, so I'm a proud alum for sure. Mm-hmm. And Panthers, you know, we might be knocking on your door. Be ready. We're looking mm-hmm. for players
1: there we go yeah we're gonna get into that later too but yeah that is um no it was exciting to see um minnesotans playing on that team um and so we're gonna take a quick break i want to give an ad read for our sponsor pence homes you can see the ticker at the bottom of the screen there so this week's episode is brought to you by pence homes pence homes is a real estate team with keller williams and matt personally has experience working with nate and lydia when he sold and bought his home last fall Nate has been a supporter of the local soccer community, including as an owner of this Minnesota women's soccer team. Matt also enjoyed working with one of their preferred lenders, Angie Shearer and Luminant Financing. If you guys have a house questions, selling, buying, or need a furnace or flooring person, shoot them a message at pencehomes.com. So thank you to Nate. Um, uh, Next, I want to ask Jenny uh, a little bit about your your pro career. We mentioned you playing in Germany something else that caught my eye looking at you playing in the WPS predecessor to NWSL, you were with some heavy hitters right out of college, some really, really heavy hitters, some, um, sky blue and you were on Tobin Heath, Heather O'Reilly, Allie Long. Those are ones I know from, from hearing an interview, just talk about that going into the locker room and maybe just like the first thought you had walking in, you know, with them and how that transition was like as a player for you.
3: Yeah. Um, Oh, buddy. Yeah, that was a (laughs) a really big transition for me. Um, I think I, yeah, I, it was not, it wasn't so much, it was more of like I I just couldn't believe that I was there playing with such, such great players. But I mean, I think once you settle into anything, you kind of realize like everybody's, you know, Mm -hmm. working hard. We're all, you know, doing our best that's out there. So it wasn't like a, like a, um, where you're, starstruck by any means but i did learn a ton from them and it was really fun to be able to work with them i think that um i've talked about or i've mentioned that the the transition from college to pro is completely different and i think that that's what's so great about this team is being able to help bridge that gap between college and the professional setting and hopefully that's that's kind of what we've talked about is really wanting to have something professional that people you know realize what it is to be able to make that transition out so i mean it was awesome i like i said i learned a lot when i was there i also think that it would have been awesome to have a team like this to be able to help bridge that gap mm-hmm. and do That so um that's what's super exciting about being a part of this is is hopefully um helping with that process for a lot of players
1: well, in Tobin, I guess it's in retrospect for someone like Tobin Heath because she wasn't some superstar at the time. But, like, did she ever mag you? I mean, she just, like, <laughs> goes, she embarrasses people. I mean, that's her whole game. It's just I mean, like-
3: she was very, very good at that time, too. So it was, like, yeah. It was, I think I had, like, the one training session. I think I, like, slide tackled Heather <laughs> O'Reilly. And it was, like, all right maybe i didn't do great while i was here but uh-huh. i did that in that training session so that was pretty that was that was pretty cool but See, that's
1: that's the glory days that's <laughs> i knew there was one i knew you had uh-huh. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's the one but yeah so i and but like i said it was it was crazy cuz even on that team there's people from all over the world that had played you know on their national team since they were like 16 18 or something so they just had a ton of experience and i hadn't had any of that so it was it was a really hard transition and I learned a ton while I was doing it. So that
0: was good. Yeah. I know I think Tobin had a gold medal by that time anyway from the Olympics. Yeah. She, she yeah, was yeah. Beast probably beast. born a beast. And uh, also <laughs> one
3: of the one of the like nicest people that I had met. So right. I think that I uh, every perception that there is of her I think is at least in my experience was true.
0: So that's really good to hear. I know she's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so question for Jen, you're the co-founder of Like a Girl, which is a nonprofit focused on empowering underrepresented and immigrant girls through the game of soccer. So tell us a little bit about your mission, um, how that fits into this club, how you see it reflected, and then um, whether that whether that's just in player pathway and development and mentorship or just in values. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um- <clears throat> we actually spent a while earlier this year sort of like recrafting our mission statement, got a more diverse group of women in the room. Um, and essentially the idea is that like uh, soccer in the U S for girls in particular is very pay to play. And there's a lot of girls of various backgrounds who play all the time, but, uh, and are quite good and don't need access to the game. They, they have their own access to the game, but in other in some way it's, um, the game needs access to them. So, uh, you know, college coaches don't go to the rec field or watch futsal at Rice Street Rec in St. Paul, but they do watch at college showcases where you have to pay thousands of dollars to to go attend. Um, so there's just a bit of, um, yeah, there's like, a, there's, like, gatekeepers that keep certain people in and certain people out. And so the idea is how can we make the game more equitable? How can we be anti-racist voices for... Um, for the, for like, how can we make the game more anti-racist and, and make it a place that like everybody feels welcome and included? Um, through the pandemic, we've really sort of t- taken a step back and and tried to reanalyze. You know, what is our niche and how can we be, be most effective? So we're still sort of figuring that out. But um, in terms of connection to to this club, I think. That, that's how I got involved in that first meeting. Is just sort of common, common people in the community, and so I know that Matt and um, Andrea, for example, were have been big supporters of a like, Girl in the past, and are board members of of this team. So I know there's common values there, and uh, yeah, my hope is that um, there's community for this USL team, both in in terms of like community owners, but also in terms of like connection to people in the community who maybe don't own the team, but who live nearby or who have access to various realms of soccer in the Twin Cities. And and I want all people of all backgrounds to feel like this is a team that they can cheer for and and recognize themselves in. Um, And so I hope that's a part of the process for sure.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, like a girl is a really, really cool organization I learned about. And yeah, we I know equal time is always eager to just boost up whatever work, you know, they're doing because it's, it's, it's cool to see. Um, And part of, you know, it's another in related terms to this team, it's, we know there's gaps in what women's soccer is possible, what's possible in women's soccer. And so that's, we have to invest. Um, So I'm curious for each of you. So, you know, you we've kind of danced around your experience playing and, and getting um, through that pathway. But um, all of you, I think, are really, you've spoke about your familiarity with the position these young women are in, in terms of trying to grow. So I'm curious for you all, like in your summers between college, what your experiences were like playing for teams like this and what, you know, whether it was WPSL, UWS, the, the W League that existed before, um, and you know, kind of on the positive side, like we said, what do you think, if there were any fallbacks to those experiences, like how is this team going to be better? Or like how, how can you improve on what you experienced in your, in your summer uh, leagues? Um, Jen Larrick, you could start.
4: Sure. Um, Yeah, I played, I went back to, I grew up in Massachusetts and went back to Massachusetts the first couple summers. I think one year I played like on a breakers college Academy team, which was fun, but I'm not sure if that even came back the next year. So there wasn't always a lot of like stability. One year I just played for like, an adult woman's summer team and then did a bunch of my own extra fitness. Um, and then, yeah, one summer I was recovering from my ACL. So there was, there just wasn't a lot of stability and good, good options, good coaching, good, um, yeah, training or strength conditioning, you know, access. And I think, especially given the, like, the The conditioning packet you're given from your school like that needs to be a top priority but also you need to play and so you need to find a, an environment that's really supportive of both and i'm not sure i'm not sure i found that as a college player and like i would have to be like the driver of my own summer fitness packet but it'd be nice if there was like a playing environment that supported you through that
1: process too yeah and
3: i jen know clark, we'll oh, talk
1: about for sure yeah jen clark how about you
3: um, I was lucky enough, my um, freshman into sophomore year and sophomore into junior year, I um, I played on the Minnesota Lightning, and it was actually a really great um, experience for me. I think the one thing, um, I, I mean, experience, again, I got to play with some of the best um, players from Minnesota. They, a lot of them came back. Um, Caitlin Durkee was at Georgetown. Rosie Malone-Pavoni was at Marquette, like these kinds of players who... I, um, I wouldn't have known otherwise because again, I'm from Iowa and I came up, um, and got, got to know them really well. And, uh, again, um, and they're really great players. I still play with a couple of them, like in adult leagues now. So, um, that kind of stuff has been, that was really awesome for me. Um, and a lot of older players that had graduated already and then continued playing. Um, Caroline Smith is one of the best goal scorers that I've ever known. And she played on that team, um. If there's any former lightning former lightning fans out there um so uh
1: but- did they do a crack like what did they do yeah crack the lightning <laughs>
3: i don't know i don't know i think it's great so they were um associated with um thunder but on that team again you had to you had to pay to be able to be on it and I think that there wasn't a ton of publicity around it. And I think that that's one of the barriers with women's soccer is, is the mm-hmm. amount of publicity in it and the amount of advertising. Like I think a lot of people want to like women's soccer, but they maybe don't know, you know, where to, where to find it or, or who to be cheering for and that kind of thing. And I think that that's, what's great what goes on with equal time is being able to have that um, option there. Um, and then another summer I went and played in a WPSL team um, in uh, Northern New York called QuickStrike, which was another really good experience. Got to know a lot of people, actually, that um, also went abroad to play on similar teams that I played on. So it was kind of a cool um, way to do that. So I was lucky enough to be on those teams. But I think that the cool thing about this team in particular will be, you know, um, all the benefits around it, which is, you know, media coverage, um, the professional setting, all these kinds of things. I think a staff that understands where these, these players are coming from. Um, it's going to be really great.
1: Nicole, what were your experiences like in the break for the Panthers?
3: Yeah, pretty similar
2: to be honest to what Jen and Jenny said. Um, I played for two different groups. I think one was UWS and the other was WPSL. Um, the first one, just really expensive. Um, and as do you remember I- how
1: much, do you remember how much it cost?
2: i'm not gonna throw it out there but it was it was expensive and i had a job in the summer too so it was really not flexible to somebody with a work schedule either um so that was difficult um so the next year i joined i'll give the croatian eagles a shout out in milwaukee they had a super cool soccer culture they had a clubhouse um they had a men's team they had these old Croatian guys that would, like, hang out and drink Shlevo in between the games and <laughs> come out and cheer you on. Um, but, you know, just it was more definitely low key, which was good for me yeah. because I was working and they were better about, like, you know, if I had to miss a practice over there, I didn't have to sit out a game. But mm-hmm. with with the other group, like if I missed a practice and I had to sit out a set game and then I was paying all this money, it was just you know, a frustrating situation. So hopefully, you know, with our goals, like Jen and Jenny said, you know, we, we, we know, we know what's out there when we're trying to, you know, make these situations better, make things more feasible, make schedules more flexible, help players get jobs that make sense for their career path after soccer and all of those things.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Well, and, uh, it's exciting because, um, we know when you treat things professionally, you know, like it, it can look professional. So, I mean, it like, just to go to like the stream looking professional makes it look like it's a professional game because you're seeing it at a standard, you know? So yeah, when you, um, you know, we talked to players who like get to play, like people who play at Drake, I interviewed a player cause they have a stadium that seats 10,000. I said, does that make you kind of feel more like a pro and like expectations on yourself? And they're like, yeah, it's a lot of pressure to like, you know, live up to it. Um, I'm curious for you all as a dynamic uh, because you all you act, you have a lot of roles you play too um, in addition to everything you're doing with licenses and everything else with you soccer. So I'm curious how, if you've had any chance to talk together about how to what your roles will be in terms of the coaching staff or like how you're going to balance all the work um, to building the the team coming into the summer.
2: That's a great question, Mark. <laughs> so we're uh, we're still in the middle to be to be honest, of hashing it all out. But, you know, I think we, we laid down a good solid foundation, um, with who's going to do what I think. Jenny's going to focus more on, uh, travel aspects or Jen's going to focus more on player services things. And then my goal is to have my hands in everything. Um, one thing Jen talked about before was strength and conditioning and, and athletic training, um, we're definitely trying to hit the ground running with that because we all have been in those frustrating situations of my college is telling me to do this, but now my summer club is telling me to do this. So that's definitely a priority of forming a good relationship with our partner TCO to get that right um, and make sure that the players are healthy throughout the summer and taking care of their bodies and things like that. So short answer what, we don't have it perfectly figured out yet, but we're, we're definitely getting there, and um, I have good faith that we'll we'll find the right
0: mix for each of us. I know. Um, I know. I keep talking about Cal Storm, but I absolutely love working for them. Um, we, you know, been around for about like 25 years now, um, and our coach has been um, with the team at, for a while in different capacities. Has built a really strong relationship with colleges. Um, you know, locally Sacramento state, UC Davis, but then we have a lot of Stanford, um, Berkeley, uh, UCLA players. And over the years, she's built, um, a reputation and, um, you know, a friendship with some of their programs. Um, so that when their players come play for us in the summer, um, we can kind of, uh, work on the program that their coaches want us to, um, kind of make it a symbiotic relationship. So it's cool that, that's already something you're discussing, and you know is important. Um, but um, where was my train of thought? I had a question in there somewhere. Well, um, so, what?
1: With that being said, like, what kind of? Do you have an idea what kind of players you want to look for on your roster, or how you're going to go about, yeah, yeah like recruiting?
0: Mm-hmm. Good, Good question.
2: <laughs> um, I'm very attacking-minded, so we're looking for attacking-minded players, technical players. Um, feeling very fortunate to have Jen Jenny here with their, their gopher roots. Um, They know a lot of players that have come through the program in the past and recently and currently. So we'll be looking at them for sure. And then, you know, we have St. Thomas, who's now a division one program, getting them involved. I have decent connections through Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, um, throughout the Midwest. And then, in my, one of my current roles is I'm the assistant director of the Rush Select program. Rush Soccer is the largest youth soccer organization in the world. Um, and so I've been fortunate to make connections all across the country that hopefully will, will come into to play with creating the team.
1: I mean, and so, I mean, we're going to see a lot of young players, obviously, like college players who are looking to like, maybe they're going to step up and become professional later, but we need mentors too. And I just, I know like three, about three former players that have experience and like, I know that they enjoy playing the game. I'm wondering which of you will be the first to hop in as a player coach. When you are you? And also the team's going to hold tryouts. So, I mean, it can be, it can be an equitable thing. You just go to tryouts and see if you match up.
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to hosting tryouts in early 2022 for sure. So we would love to see anybody and everybody at those tryouts. Um, but I will not I may I may participate in a train session, but it'll be very stationary.
1: She's leaving it <laughs> open. She's leaving the door open.
4: I think we should I think we should uh, run a three v three tournament. And if anyone can beat us, you know, they get kudos awesome. for the database.
2: I'm all side and
1: I'm in. I'm yeah. In yeah. Because you know what the coaches will do? The coaches, if they come up with the game, they'll change the rules if they're losing at the end. Probably be like, no, it's another point. It's another to another goal.
2: Sounds <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think, look, I mean, you have a lot of craftiness. Yeah, you'd have a lot of advantage, but no, that. but, and it is exciting and it is, um, that's just something I think I've heard. I forget it even told me, but you will look to probably have an open tryout of some kind or or tryout, I should say at some kind, right. Coming up in this, in the winter season.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely want to hope to catch some players who might be back in town on the college break for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Keeping We'll definitely publicize that. That'll be exciting. We'll see. Yeah. We'll go watch.
0: Maybe I feel you like live from tryouts. I will.
1: I will for sure. Yeah.
0: I won't be live, but I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> uh, it sounds like, or it already feels like you guys are, you're already mending or you're meshing really well. You guys are, have obviously known each other for a while. Um, you've been meeting. Um, you have a great rapport. Um how important is team culture? Uh, what are some ideas you have to kind of build that team culture? Once you finally get your roster together, you get everyone together. Um, you know, what are your plans for that?
2: Sure. I envision that as we start signing players, um, we'll start meeting with them individually talking about team culture and what we want to build. We have a really unique opportunity to build it the way we want Um and of course, Jen, Jenny and I can can do that, but we want player input as well. So as soon as we start signing players, we're going to start having those discussions. At first, it's you know us and a player, then it's us and three players. And we're going to continue to build that relationship virtually so that by the time we get to May and we're ready to roll the ball, we all already are on the same page and we feel like um, – you know, we can focus more on field things because we've already been meeting and having these discussions about what it means to play for this team and how, how we want to represent ourselves. Jen and Jenny, what do you think? Add something there.
3: Yeah, I think, um, I think obviously the, the meeting part, I think having, like you said, having that collaboration between the three of us. And I think that um, on a lot of teams that probably all of us have been a part of Uh, the most important thing is from kind of the top down um, a little bit is making sure that we, we are, we work well together. We have respect for each other. And I mean, obviously we all do. Um, And just making sure that that's also an example to a lot of females that that can be done Um, having an all-female staff and being able to work together and support each other and um, you know, be, be the best that we can be. And that. So that's that's really important to me um being a part of the staff as well.
4: Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. The culture starts with us, and I've already already really enjoyed talking and, and working with Jenny and Nicole. And um I guess another thing I'm reflecting on as as we've all sort of used the the term professional environment is just that uh the NWSL wasn't necessarily the most professional environment for a lot of the teams this past season. And mm-hmm. I think Everything I know about this club tells me that the players will be treated well Um, and culture is a big part of making it a professional experience. So that feels really important given the current context of just women's soccer in the U.S. right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you bringing that up, Jen. And it is, I wanted to close it by asking you about just the uniqueness of the team. And I mean, and by the way, this is not just unique, you know, for a women's club it's unique for a soccer club to raise a million dollars like this. There's a couple of men's teams that have done this well. And I know they were supportive Detroit and Chattanooga were supportive and talking to our club, but for anyone, it doesn't matter. It's a women's team. This is a big deal to see a million dollars go into a team. Um, And not from, you know, some rich person just choosing, there's people donating, you know, the average is like a few hundred, I think. So there's so much grassroots support people were, the feeling is that people were probably just desperate to support the women's game and we're giving them the avenue. So I'm just curious, you know, when you brought up being an all women staff, which I know is really important and it it excites supporters of the team. I think it excites me. And I'm curious what it means to you um, kind of in the context, you kind of touched on it, but I just, you know, if you have anything else to say what it means to be leading this special project as a group of women.
4: I can speak really quickly on that, I guess. Um, so like I said, the U of M was a really good academic fit for me and the Tucker Center for Girls and Women in Sport is there. Um, and so I sort of grew up in college, having this like uh, love for for female coaches. And every year there's a Women Coaches Symposium and I went to the first one ever and it was like 30 people. And then they grew and grew and grew. and Eventually it was like 300 people and there's just something really cool, like coming up as a college kid, like knowing I wanted to get into coaching and like having this sort of like background, like, you know, voice in my ear about like, yeah, women coaches matter and are important. Um, and so I think that is, is really foundationally important to me, but I think also the more that I've learned and grown, it's not just important to me that we're women. It's important to me that we operate in feminist ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think everything that I have had interaction with Jenny and Nicole so far has been like that, and and so I think yeah, a supportive coaching staff um, of all women who operates in in feminist ways feels really just sort of refreshing and transformational in my own career and experience, Um, and I think can be like Jenny Janista mentioned, like a good example for the players.
2: Yeah, I can add to that. Um, I'm just excited to be honest. I have only had one female coach in my playing career, and it is few and far between um, to see to see female coaches, let alone work with them. I've never worked with the all female staff before, um, and the founding board has a lot of powerful women on it as well. So I'm just. Super excited! It's different, um, different in a good way, and yeah, I'm excited. And that's not a not a not a cut on guys because I'm
1: it's fine. Trust me, I'm,
2: I'm in the seat though because I've I've had a lot of really good male mentors mm-hmm. as well. So I, I don't want to mm-hmm. downplay them at all. But it, it's mm-hmm. it's good to have um, a different experience like this, and I'm definitely looking forward to spending more time with Jenny and Jen and mm-hmm. making this first year special.
4: One more thing on that. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Taylor Greathouse at BV United. BVU does all female coaches for the girls' side. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Greathouse is the girls' director of coaching. And they're always looking for more female coaches. So if anyone in the area is listening and they want to be a coach, hit up Taylor Greathouse. She's amazing. Can't say that's can't say enough good things about Taylor
1: Grant. Right it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's part of your work too, Jen. Yeah. It's, and it does matter. It matters that you see people represented, you know, like it's people I think are respecting that more and more. And it's, and also it matters to like, I'm a straight white man. It matters to me too. It's not like, it's like, just cause I need to see someone who looks like me, you know, it's a deeper value than that. So I appreciate y'all speaking to that. Um, we're really excited we get to cover the team. I know Liz and I are thrilled. Liz is going to be a part of some expanded W League coverage over at the Protagonist. Um, So we're excited to see just the coverage of this league and, you know, that pre-professional environment. Liz and I are are going to do our best to be the media training for the players. We we Mm got to bolster our chops to be ready to help. But um, we're really excited to do shows as we have some more things going on. I will be there uh, if we have tryouts. I will try and be there in person. That'll be fun, um, and I think we're going to see the brand announce uh, sometime in January, which is so exciting. Um, all the all the designs are great. I do want to ask. I, I forgot this. I want to ask if any of you snuck in votes or have a favorite of which what you want, what which one you prefer. They're all great. I don't think you could lose by saying. No one's listening. Just be honest. <laughs>
3: Uh, I don't know if I had, I, um, I really liked, I like the Aurora one. I think it like that one looks pretty awesome, but honestly, the, the people behind making everything are so talented. It's so fun to see all the things that they've come up with. And I, I, there's like, not a, not a wrong answer. I feel like for what they have. So Mm -hmm.
4: anyone I've been uh, saying that all my friends who are community owners have been trying to start calling them my boss. So I'm really just happy, <laughs> whatever the bosses pick, thrilled with it.
3: Love that. Yeah. I had somebody the other day that was like, yeah, I own you.
1: Because, <laughs> because they were one of the owners. So like, they're this they're awesome. taking the negative side of community I, I know.
3: It was so funny. I was playing soccer with him yesterday and he, I, he was just so excited because he didn't know that I was a part of this. And he's like, oh. I'm one of the owners. I own you, actually. <laughs>
1: 3,080. 3, 3, 080, uh, owners. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much. We're looking forward to covering this team. And thank you to everyone who's a supporter to Equal Time Soccer. It really, people who support Equal Time on Patreon, it's as little as $2 a month. It's the reason you've seen more and more coverage covering D2 soccer, covering D- Minnesotans in D1 and now adding Liz in to cover, um, Remind, I'll just remind you guys, when we do college interviews, we pay the players because we, we have support from the community. So um, it's because of your support that we're able to do cool coverage like this and get to do this interview. With the, This is an exclusive, first one with the coaching staff. So we really appreciate your time. Um, and Liz, I appreciate you joining me to co-host on the show. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks,
2: Thanks for having you. us. See you later.